0: Hello, everyone. Pastor Kurt here. Thanks for joining me for today's devotion. It is Thursday, February 29th, 2024. I'll be reading today from the Common English Bible Translation. The readings come from the Revised Common Lectionary Daily Readings, and you can find a link to those in the show notes below. I also have printed there the readings for today if you wanted to look those up. Uh, Before we continue, whatever translation you have is just fine. Um, After each reading, there'll be a moment of silence for you to spend time reflecting on the passage, and then I'll offer up some of my own thoughts and reflections. And so before we continue, let us pray. O loving and gracious God, prepare our hearts to hear your word and obey your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading for today is from Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 9a. And so the a signifies the first half of the verse. So again, Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 9a. On exactly the third month anniversary of the Israelites leaving the land of Egypt, they came into the Sinai Desert. They traveled from Rephidim, came into the Sinai Desert, and set up camp there. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him from the mountain, This is what you should say to Jacob's household and declare to the Israelites. You saw what I did to the Egyptians, and how I lifted you up on eagle's wings and brought you to me. So now, if you, are faith, if you faithfully obey me and stay true to my covenant, you will be my most precious possession out of all the peoples, since the whole earth belongs to me. You will be a kingdom of priests for me, and a holy nation. These are the words you should say to the Israelites. So Moses came down, called together the people's elders, and said before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all responded with one voice, Everything that the Lord has said we will do. Moses reported to the Lord what the people said. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm about to come to you in a thick cloud in order that the people will hear me talking with you so that they will always trust you. Well, there's a couple things that uh, come to mind for me as I read through this passage. The first is really found in verse three, where it says, while Moses went up to God. And this is a common image that we see throughout the scriptures. When people want to make a connection with God, they climb a mountain. Um, God was seen as being up above, you know, the rest of us. And so it makes perfect sense that if we were to want to contact and connect with God, that we would go up to a higher place in order to be closer to God. Um, I think in reality that's not necessary, right? I mean, we can connect with God wherever we are. At least that's my belief that we can uh, that we can connect with God, that we can pray to God and and speak with God in whatever way um, you know helps helps us to do that. And we don't need to climb a tall mountain to do that. But that being said, some of the most powerful experiences I have had have been in high places. Um, out in nature, whether I'm hiking or um, or just driving up to a scenic lookout, um, there is something uh, special and beautiful about high places. Um, being able to look out upon God's creation, because I think it gives us perspectives. It helps us to look, take a step back, and get a wider view of of all that God has done. and And I think, in that way, it is really. Um, it is easier to connect with God because we do have that change in perspective. Um, But again, I don't think we have to climb tall mountains in order to connect with God better. Um, But there are benefits to climbing tall mountains, I guess. Um, uh, Like I said, even I have found myself uh, connecting with God in special ways on high places, whether it's a mountain or a hill. I think in my sermon on Sunday, I talked about You know, getting up on top of uh, plateaus in the the sand hills and looking out over the the pastures and the grasslands as the wind blows the, the tall grass back and forth. And it's just, there's something special about that, about being out in the midst of God's creation and seeing what God has done and being in that presence of God. So uh, the other thing that stuck out to me um, as I was reading through this is found um, in verses uh, 5 into verse 6. And so the second half of verse 5, so verse 5b, says, You will be my most precious possession out of all the peoples since the whole earth belongs to me. You will be a kingdom of priests for me and a holy nation. Passages like this... um, are important, but they can also be kind of dangerous um, because they can easily be interpreted as saying that uh, the Israelites or the christians or or that we and just in general have a special place um, apart from other people, and this is only half of a truth um, I think God calls everyone to be in a relationship with God. Um, Some respond, some don't. I think those who do respond are set aside for a relationship with God. We are set aside for a specific calling to follow in the footsteps of Christ as Christians, right? To be a holy nation, Um, This Sunday, we're going to be talking a little bit about righteousness and what righteousness means. And righteousness essentially means set apart for um, a relationship with God. To be righteous means to be set aside for God. Um, But when we think of being set aside as something special, like it says here, you um, most precious possession out of all the peoples, uh, you will be a kingdom of priests for me. The danger with that, though, is that it suggests, or that maybe we interpret that, um, to mean that we are somehow better than other people, that we matter more to God than other people, and I'm not sure I would go that far. Um, I think it it can be dangerous to do that because if we think of ourselves as as more special than other people, then that leads to a, another great sin, which is. Um, judging other people or condemning other people because they are not Christian or they are not Jewish. They are not X, Y, Z, right? Um, and that is a is a negative thing because Jesus tells us to love everybody. We're supposed to love our neighbor. We're supposed to love not only our fellow brothers and sisters in the faith, but we are supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to love those who are different than us, those on the, outsk- those on the outskirts of things. And so, um, it can be really dangerous for us to, uh, to begin to get too far down that rabbit hole of being a special people. We are special in the fact that, um, God loves us. Um, but God loves all people. Um, we are, we are set apart for sure, um, for a particular purpose, which is to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love, uh, our neighbor as ourself. Um, we are, we are set aside as God's people, but all, but that, that welcome is open to everybody. And so um, we just really need to be careful, I think, about um, putting up walls that separate us too much from other people because um, it can lead to, um, to judging others based on frivolous things. And, and that's not what we're called to do. We're not called to judge other people. Judgment is, belongs to God. Right judgment is reserved for God and God alone, and so um, I just think that that's really important to to keep in mind. Um, you know, I, we it's easy to see this kind of mindset within uh, the universal church, Christian church, um, when we start thinking about you know Christian nationalism, and we start thinking about uh, the idea of um, you know a city on a hill. Um, <laughs> that we are somehow better than other nations and that we have a destiny, a right um, to rule other people or to be in charge of other people or that we need to somehow, um, you know, immerse ourselves in government issues and uh, that we need to be the ones ruling other people and in charge of other people and forcing our beliefs on other people. And I just don't, I don't believe that. And I'm, I'm not one that, I think we can get too far down that rabbit hole and that's not what I interpret Jesus and the scriptures to be telling us to do. It's not our job to force ourselves on other people. In fact, in the Old Testament, there wasn't anything in here really about converting other people to their faith. They were they were set aside to be followers of God and and it recognized that right here in Exodus that the whole world belongs to me and and even Jesus says in the gospels that I have others of my flock that don't, or I have other people that I care for that are not part of this flock, um, and so God, you know, I think God cares for all of His creation. Um, so anyway, those are just some rambling words of mine on this passage that just really stuck out to me, um, and and some of the things that we need to be mindful of as we um, as we seek to follow in the footsteps of Christ. So let's look at our last reading today. This is uh, from First. Uh, Peter, chapter two, verses four through 10. First Peter uh, chapter two, verses four through 10, excuse me. Now you are coming to him as to a living stone. Even though this stone was rejected by humans from God's perspective, it is chosen, valuable. You yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You are being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Thus, it is written in Scripture, Look, I am laying a cornerstone in Zion, chosen, valuable. The person who believes in him will never be shamed. So God honors you who believe. For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is a stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Because they refuse to believe in the word, they stumble. Indeed, this is the end to which they were appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you haven't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, there's a lot here. Uh, it is kind of following. It's not kind of. It is following basically the same theme that I just got done talking about. So a lot of what I'm going to say here is kind of duplicate. But I think the main purpose of this point is just to remember. So in Exodus, what we were reading was specifically the chosen people were were the Israelites. Uh, they were the ones that God chose. They were the ones God God saved and rescued. And again, they were set aside chosen for a relationship with God. And in this instance, um, we see Peter um, basically making a a similar statement for the Gentiles now as well, using similar language that we found in our last reading. Um, In fact, in the commentary on my study Bible here, um, it even lists those those passages uh, that we just read in Exodus chapter 19 um, that, that this is referring to. So, um, that's the main point here. And it's not, they're they're not statements of exclusivity necessarily. Um, but, uh, but to show that, that we are, we are special. Yes, we are set apart for something special, a relationship with God, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it excludes or demeans anybody else, or that we should exclude or demean anybody else. Just that we have a special, uh, calling, we have a special, um, uh, we, ha- we have um, something special to do, right, as followers of God. And so I'm just going to go through this a little bit here. It says, you yourselves are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You're being made into a holy priesthood to, and this is what it says, this is the purpose, to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, it talks about laying this cornerstone um, in Zion, a chosen people, and so a cornerstone is that um, is that stone in masonry where everything else is measured off of and so um, in in this respect, what we see here is that Jesus, as the cornerstone um, is the one in which the entire uh, temple of believers, the church right, is being built off of, and so um, Jesus is that uh, that measuring stick, that 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 cornerstone that um, we base our community around, and we look to Jesus for how to live in a community, which is to to show compassion and love and mercy and um, and peace and patience and all those fruits of the spirit that we hear about that I constantly talk about from Galatians chapter five, but it, it it's all there. And in none of that does it say that we must exclude other people, just that we are, we are called for a specific purpose. But then it does get in here a little bit um, into verse 7 and 8, and it says, For those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. This is the stone that makes people stumble and a rock that makes them fall because they refuse to believe in the word they stumble. So what does this mean? Does that mean that they are somehow horrible people, or that we shouldn't love them, or that we shouldn't, or that we should judge them and put them aside and and not have anything to do with them or force ourselves upon them? No, that doesn't say anything about that. It just says that for those who choose not to follow in the footsteps of Christ, that um that they are gonna stumble and they are gonna fall from time to time, and that um they're going to see the way that we live and that they're not always going to be on board with that. In fact, um, they might see our sacrificial love and think that we're silly for following in those ways. Um, But that doesn't mean that they are somehow less than. We're all made in the image of God. Uh, We are all loved by God, um, but some choose not to follow for whatever reason. And that doesn't mean that we should completely abandon them or... um, or push them aside, we need to make sure that we are continuing to do as, as Christ teaches us, and that's to love everybody um, in the hopes that they will join and be a part of our community. You know, it, it's hard to, it's awkward if you mistreat somebody <laughs> based on whatever it is. And then when you mistreat them, it's really hard for them to want to be a part of something that you are a part of. Right, or when they do join to be a part of what you're a part of, then there's awkwardness there because they know that mist- that judgment and being mistreated was in the midst of that, and so um yeah, we just need to be careful in how we interact with those things so this is just a really good passage and just reminds us of our status before God that as followers of God, we are set aside we are we are a special people, a chosen nation um So that we can offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God, right? Um, Not that we're better than anybody else, but that we are called for something specific, that we are chosen for something specific. And that specificity is to love God, to offer up ourselves to God, to love God with our whole heart and mind, its full and strength, to love one another as we love ourselves, um, and to offer, to respond to God's love and grace. Um, by being more like Christ as best as we can, Um, with the help of Christ in the midst of that, through the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, those are our readings for today. So we're going to spend some time in prayer, and I'll be lifting up some prayer requests or categories of prayer. After each prayer request is lifted up, there'll be a moment of silence for you to lift up your own personal prayers to God. And then I will say the words, Lord, in your mercy, your response will be, Hear our prayer. And when we're done with all of the prayer requests, we'll join together in the Lord's prayer. So let us pray. Gracious God, I'm so thankful for all that you have done um, and all that you have placed upon our hearts through these readings and reflections. And we pray, Lord, that you would um, continue to strengthen us and guide us as we go forth uh, into the world today. We bring now before you those things that are heavy on our hearts. and We begin, Lord, by praying for the people of our faith communities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are suffering and those who are in trouble. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the concerns of our local communities. in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the world, its peoples, and its leaders. in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We pray for the earth you have given to our care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the church universal, its leaders, its members, and its mission. In your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we lift all this before you, praying for healing, comfort, strength, peace, and wisdom as we pray the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that's all for today's devotion. I hope you were able to hear a word from God for your life today. If you have any questions, suggestions, or prayer requests, I would love to hear from you. And you can send those to the show email at admin at pastorkurt.com. And uh, may you go forth today in peace. Shine the light of Christ everywhere you go. Until next time, have a blessed day. Bye.